Thank you for listening to episode 197 of the 200 Churches Podcast. It's how do you do it in such a way where you're, you're giving more than you take. And people who are exhausted, and pastors can get exhausted. Pastors, who, when, you, when we're exhausted, we, even though it's unintentional, we take from the people. That's, that's what the body and mind and soul does when it's, when it's empty. It has to take. And even though many times that the leader wouldn't even be aware it's happening, but when the, when you're on empty, you're taking. And so this process of, a, of a, a better rhythm in life keeps you filled up and going so you can actually do what you really want to do, which is give to people and make a difference in their lives. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry. The Barnum and Bailey of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I am Johnny Craig. As always, I'm across the table from the man, the myth, the legend. Jeff Katie, good to be across the table from you, Johnny. It's good to be pulling some night duty tonight. I I didn't know if you would admit what was happening. Johnny, I'm proud of you. You know, this is what we do. We prep for sermons. Yes. Till past midnight. Yes. And then we've got to use the midnight hour to prep the podcast. I feel like at this point we should say we did the majority of the prep during the week. We were coming together to get our heads right on you, Saturday night. You mean on the message? Yeah. The sermon. Yeah, Sir, yeah. 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 Well, honestly, this is a message you and I have been working on for th- over three years. That's true. And uh, it's, it's part of the message that we gave at the Small Church Big Deal Conference. Yeah, if you were a pastor, right? uh, blessed enough to be there with us. No, no, Johnny. <laughs> no, no. So so we, we've got it. We've got that. Uh, it's it's what we live. It's what we believe. Yes. It's what we breathe. Yes. And so it's, we were just trying to organize the information so it comes out in the right way. Yeah, exactly. Which is, isn't that all of homiletics, right? Yeah, there you go. It's, uh, Jeff, this is episode 190 what? Seven. 197, Shattering the Myth of a Balanced Life. Before we get to it with, with our good friend Dan, who is a lovely man and gave us so much of his time, it was great, I do want to just real quick give that tease for the golden episode. The golden episode, episode... 200. It's coming up. Of the 200 Churches podcast. We will accept cash as a birthday gift. Yeah, but which one of us? Huh? I mean, I'm not splitting it. If it says Jeff Katie, I'm not going to split it. Just make the check to cash. To cash. Oh, gee. Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, here's here's what we want. Here's what we want. We want you to listen to episode 200. And share. And share it. Ooh, that? there you go. Listen and share. We also accept reviews and ratings for our birthday. Yeah, if you would share it, though. I, I, had, I was talking to a pastor the other day. I was in the parking lot at Kohl's yeah. while my wife was in shopping. That's where I meet all my pastors. And I'm talking to one of our listeners, <laughs> and he said, yeah, uh, what did you say that's where you meet all your pastors? <laughs> I thought you meant in person. No, yeah, not in person. No, no, no. <laughs> I was on the phone. Let's see. I don't, I don't remember where he lives. It's not important. But he said to me, yeah, he said, that, no, he was in L.A., Nathan. I knew you'd. I knew you'd get through to it. Yeah, yeah. Na- Nathan from L.A. You know, you know that the information slowly bubbles. That's to the right. Surface, it comes right? to the top. And Nathan said, "Yeah, a friend of mine said, hey, there's this pocket. You got to listen to it.'" I thought that that's great. If yes. everybody that listens would just share mm-hmm. it with a friend, because here's what I'm excited about: we don't sell stuff. No, we 
we share encouragement. Yet. And if we have, you know, if we have thousands of pastors listening to it and then they each share it with one, yeah. then you've got thousands and thousands of pastors getting encouragement because this is encouragement from David Fitch. This is encouragement from Scott McKnight. This is encouragement from Dave Jacobs. Dan Ryland. Dan, on and on and on. All on. the guests, all of you that have joined us as guests. Yeah. We, we just want to share this stuff because pastors are out there. They're hurting. They're yeah. hurting. They're lonely. They're isolated. They're dejected. They're discouraged. I don't mean to paint a bleak picture. I was going to say, how deep anything, is this hole going to go? <laughs> but, you know, there's just, and they need encouragement. Yeah. And that's why we do what we do. So if on episode 200 you would listen to it, A, and then B, share it. I was about to say, it's going to be a very shareable episode. Very shareable. We went to the tip, tip, top of the world shareable. for this particular guest you and i both of our hair was blown back well what you have when we got this guest yes it was amazing so i'm excited for episode 200 very shareable very shareable reminds me of the caring and sharing church exactly load up all your pastor friends into a car pack the car sunday for this podcast you know what i'm saying man that'd be that would be beautiful all right dan ryland is joining us dan ryland executive pastor at 12 stone church Dan has about as many pastors under him as most of our listeners have people in their church. Actually, probably more. So there you go. So you can actually say Dan is a pastor to pastors. I mean, he is a small church pastor. His church just also happens to be made up of pastors who pastor a mega church. Yeah. Uh, I think nine locations. Yeah. 17,000 people. Yeah. But Dan has a heart for pastors, period. Yes. And he especially has a heart for small church pastors because he joined us. The first year, way back in the day, we were podcasting. He had no business being on our. He podcast. really didn't. No, he really didn't. He's but big time. He joined us, and he's been supporting us now for over three years. Yeah, so. what a guy! What a guy! So Dan the Animal Ryland, he yes. is he is the pastors' coach, going from way back into the nineties. Yes, sir. And uh, you're going to enjoy this. He's talking about shattering the myth of a balanced life. Dan, welcome back. Thanks, uh, thanks for hanging out with us again on the podcast. Thanks, Johnny, and uh, always really great to be with you and Jeff on on this podcast. I, I love working with churches. I love churches, love coaching pastors, and I'm hoping we can have fun and be helpful today. Absolutely. Hey, you're you're in Atlanta, yeah? I'm in Atlanta. You a Braves fan? I am. Are but you, go ahead. I'm, a, I'm more secretly a longtime Padres fan from San Diego. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yes. Every from... time I go back, I have to, you know, in season, I get in a good Padres game. Good for I go, you. I go all the way back to Tony Gwynn and the whole deal. So, but okay. yes, I live in Atlanta, so I do have to root for the Braves. I tell you, East Coast, West Coast, it's bad baseball for you these days, isn't it? It, it is. <laughs> schizophrenic you don't know what side you're on yeah suddenly this the middle of the country is where baseball is at it's wonderful <laughs> yeah. all right i again am left out of the conversation yeah, I, I because talk you know dan. come on no that's all right that's all right dan you know when we have you on the podcast <laughs> i feel like a bum wearing a thousand dollar silk suit you know <laughs> i mean it's just something's <laughs> just is that? i don't understand that uh, phrase uh, dan the dan ryland on our podcast oh i see oh he's the silk suit. he's the silk suit man come on <laughs> i was late to that party i apologize oh so dan that's not, that's, that sounds like a line out of rocky balboa feel like a bum with a silk suit man. that was a classic line that's a solid hey, you slide. do what you do i like wait, it wait adrian yeah <laughs> That's perfect, perfect. Oh my goodness! Can you believe that the first Rocky came out in 1975? Wow! 
I I can't. That's just oh my gosh. I mean, we're going back. Damn, we're going back like forty one years. Yeah, I well, was only negative eleven in nineteen seventy five. Anyway, Dan, you've been around the block a few times, and uh, try to make that sound nice now. You, you no, know, no, you are you're experienced, you're wise, and you're going to help us. You're especially, hopefully, you're going to help pastors who are maybe like about thirty years old, and they're in the grind of <laughs> uh, a new ministry, or maybe they've been around their ministry long enough to now feel the grind. Yeah, and they thought everything was going to be great. You know, everybody was excited when they came, and now, boy, they're just they're just hitting they're just hitting all kinds of obstacles. I don't know anybody like that. I I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't, and I I've lived long enough to have a very balanced life. But <laughs> you, you wrote. You wrote a you wrote a a blog post called "How Does a Leader Live a Balanced Life?" I think that's a loaded question. Yeah, is it a little loaded? It is. It's a, it's a it's a tough. It's the question that pastors start asking about twenty three years old, right when they get out of college, and I have fifty three year olds in my office asking the same question. So I'm fifty three, Dan. Uh oh, Johnny's thirty. So yes, what, you, you talked, you talked to us, help us out. Cause as we tell our listeners all the time, we're in the thick of ministry. We're going through the grind and the grizzle every single day, every single week. And we struggle with that balanced life thing. And sometimes I think that the podcast actually is the thing that balances me out, right? I get to talk about ministry yeah. to pastors and with pastors. But w- when you're going to talk to one of your staff members, let's say you've got a staff member who you see they're just out of balance. I, and I don't mean in a positive way, but in an unhealthy way. Right. How do right. you talk to them about living a balanced life in ministry? Because a lot of people may have a may have their own business or a really, really important job where they're involved in a lot of stuff. But But when you're in ministry, it's just a completely different thing because it's people's eternities, right? It's the, it's the spiritual well-being of couples and families and people. How do you talk to people about balance? Good. Let's, let's jump in because I, I love this topic. Um, I think I would want to start at the top and then I'll get into some real practical stuff and we'll, we'll kind of go along how you want, how, however you want here. But I, I think the first thing is just to make the blunt statement. I don't think there really is any such thing as a balanced life for a leader. I've been around the very best, that some of the very best leaders ever in the country, and, and not because of me, because I've just been introduced and been able to meet them. And I've never met, <laughs> I've never met one of these great leaders or leaders anywhere that's really accomplishing a lot that I would call a, a balanced person, hmm. at least not in the conventional sense of balanced. And by that, that common notion of balance where we imagine Monday through Friday with a, a work week and you it's nine to five and dinner's always on the table at six and you know <laughs> you, you mow the grass on Saturday whatever I mean that's just <laughs> yeah yeah that just doesn't happen and no. and yet there's this notion that we we hear you know growing up I I heard it as a as a young pastor that balanced life you know. If I wanted to be emotionally and spiritually healthy and enjoy good family life and be successful in my I had to I had to have balance. And the more I chased it, the more it seemed like it was some kind of a holy grail. And so I started asking leaders, like, how do you get this balance? And they would just laugh. They said, "There's there isn't a, a balance." 
And so that just led me on a journey to figure out what I call um, it's a rhythm. There's a rhythm to life I'd love for us to talk about a little bit. But let me back up and answer uh, in a different way the, the specific question you asked. Well, what do you say to staff members? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we try to unpack is because the, the challenge is often, the epicenter of the challenge is often, how do I tend to my family and tend to the church? That's sort of the crux of the tension. It's bigger than that, but that's the crux of it. And so a young leader or an older leader or myself might say, you know what? I work 70 hours a week. I work 80 hours a week. And the first thing we want to try to do is get to truth because that's usually not a true statement. And so we try to unpack. I said, Let, let's, let's kind of unwind and let's talk about reality. And how many hours are you actually working at the church, doing church stuff? Don't, don't count when you went to the gym and don't count when you went over to the doctor. Don't, don't, how many hours were you actually working? And when they add it up, it's surprisingly lower than they think. And so we look at their life and discover that they really, many of them, some are, some are working too many hours at church, but many of them are not working too many hours at church. They just simply have a very busy life. And they've got kids and they've got all these things and they're doing house repairs. And they, and if you add those two together, it is 70 hours or 80 hours a week. It really is. But here's why this is important. If a guy actually works, or a gal, works 70 hours a week at the church, that is too much, and that's one problem. But working too many hours at the church is a very different problem than just having a busy life. And because they're different problems, they require very different solutions. And so when you help a young pastor, a middle-aged pastor, an older pastor, figure out, am I really working too many hours, or I just have a busy life, you help unlock the ability to chase the correct solution. So that's where we start on the practical aspect. You know, on our last podcast, Ian, you you made a a distinction between busy and productive. And and I think that that comes to bear on this conversation here as well, because we are, right, every pastor, especially every pastor with a family, is busy inherently. I mean, between the work of the ministry and the work of just their everyday life with their family. But how can we transition that from being, you know, busy into being productive? How can we take ownership of our own time and schedule? I think that is what we're trying to lean into. The highest kingdom value, the highest return, the highest productivity. And I think that comes from a a rhythm in life as opposed to a balance. And And so talk about rhythm for a minute. Let's talk about that. I'll give you a couple of pictures and we can unpack it a little bit and, and, and try to make it practical. Two pictures uh, I've used for a long time. One is a, a metronome. If anybody's into music, and you know that thing that goes back and forth, and there's a kind of a dynamic rhythm in place where you can imagine this metronome going back and forth and back and forth, kind of represents the the ebb and flow of, of our life, and we're always we're always swinging kind of out to the sides, out to the edges, back and forth, where you're. You're going way out, and you, maybe you're doing a, a podcast with somebody. Or it's outside. You're, you know, you're, somebody's writing a book, or you're going, and and you're going way out to get things done. And the, that's okay. That's how, that's how we accomplish things when we make extra efforts. When that thing is swinging way out to the sides, the problem is, so many leaders swing way out to to knock the ball out of the park or get a big something done, but they don't come back to center, and they get stuck out there. Hmm. 
And that's where it breaks. They don't know what their center is, and if they do, they don't come back. For example, a great illustration is vacation. Think about that metronome going back and forth. It swings way out to the side, and you go on vacation. There's nothing balanced about vacation. You abandon all responsibilities for a week and lay on the beach and eat whatever you want. I mean, what (laughs) what is balanced about that? But yet, in the grander scheme of this metronome of your life going back and forth. It's a wonderful uh, sense of rhythm that makes sense in your life. For me, that center, it's different for everybody. I, I certainly want to acknowledge that. But for me, this my sort of center is twofold. It's very simple. It has to be simple for me. It's prayer and exercise. It's a daily rhythm for me. It's, I'm very, very focused on it. I have found that if I am in daily prayer and daily exercise, something about the rhythm rhythm of my life goes well. My relationships goes well. I, I love my family. I tend to my family. I have the energy that I need. And whenever I start messing up in that center, I'm not, in other words, I'm swinging out to the side really far to get something done, get lots of stuff done, keep getting the work done, getting the work done. And I'm not, I'm not in on that center again. That's when I get in trouble because I've, I've taken the rhythm out of my life. Every night, for the most part, when I'm in town, I go to my bed and I sleep, right? And that's where I renew, rejuvenate, rest. I wake up. I'm ready for the next day. You're saying sleep is your center? <laughs> <laughs> well, sleep, yeah, it really does. Kind It kind of centers you back. Sure. In, we all you, have to do that. Right. Yeah. You get up the next day and, and you get going. But it's what you're talking about is when you're awake, when you're awake, all of a sudden you got these normal rhythms in your life that you always do and that make you who you are, keep you at your best, but then you all of a sudden stuff comes into your life and you don't get back to that and you're doing this other stuff and before you know it, you're you're way off kilter and way, way off. Right? Yeah. So right. that's that's kind of what you're talking about. And you're saying basically we have to ask ourselves the question. What makes me me, and what is the center of my waking hours that brings me back to my true purpose and my my true mission in life? Absolutely, and I and I think I wish maybe you guys can come up with a better phrase for me. You know, I get when I say come back to your center, that sounds like some yoga class or something. Mm. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, that's that's not what I mean because obviously for all of us, uh, uh, Jeff and Johnny, all of us. God is our center. We right. we all understand that. Yeah. But but what I'm a, appealing to and wanting to encourage the the leaders today is that we're also very human. It's all right to find that God factor in your life in a way that you can express and connect with. And f- for me, the prayer that, that being quiet before the Father that and exercise that really works. For somebody else, it's it's something else maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could call it a core practice. If, there you if go. That was better to think about for one of our listeners, the core practice. You know, I read this book. It's I think it's something you would really enjoy. It's called The Power of Habit. Um, it was a big time bestseller, and it just talked about the importance of good habits, right, versus bad habits. And you can't break a bad habit without replacing it with a good habit. And how it changes your whole day. It can change your whole life, really, if you can replace a negative habit with a positive habit. Running and prayer, those are some positive right practices, some positive 
habits. And I, I would like, encourage. I like that term, a core practice. Yeah, there you go, core practice. I like it. That's good. You could send all of your stuff to me, Dan. I'll edit it right up for you. Will you make I'll... it better? That's <laughs> <laughs> all I could try. No guarantees on that. But I think every pastor needs some of those core practices, some somewhere to center themselves back into yeah, humanity, right? And I think you're right in saying that because we all need patterns in our life. We are human and there is rhythm and we all need to find those core practices that make us feel alive. And, and Dan, what you're saying is, I think what you're saying is a lot of stuff can be swirling around in your day and you could have to deal with sometimes a lot of crazy stuff and stressful stuff. But if you have your time in prayer and if you get your exercise, for the most part, you can handle whatever comes. That is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. That's that's encouraging. So small church pastors or large church, doesn't matter, pastors, you know, what is it in your life? What is that must thing every day or every week that's got to be there? And when it's not there, your life kind of starts to come apart. And if your life is coming apart right now, maybe you can identify that thing that you just have to get back to and recommit to. So what's your center? And that's a good question to uh, to ask. How else are you going to help us, Dan? We're, we're out of balance. We, we find our center, and we figure out what it is, and we also maybe figure out why we haven't been to it, and we're not sure what to do. Well, I think one of the things is for uh, us as pastors, for the listeners, to really kind of pray the Holy Spirit sort of helps free them up from guilt and pressure and having to have everything all together, because life really is messy. And when the church gets bigger, the messes get bigger. It, it isn't really, mm. nobody really has it all together. And it just gets heavier to lift, is <laughs> all really happens. And so when we can rest in that, we can rest in who we are, rest in who they are, and kind of almost enjoy the mess, because that's where the redemption comes from, is if we can kind of if we can live in that and walk in that and have a, a, a peace, rather than feeling like we've got to have everything covered and everything done, which you just can't, there's a freedom. I guess that's what I want to say, guys, is there's a freedom that comes in that that begins to develop some personal momentum within you that lets you be yourself, that your joy increases, and you get more done. And it's kind of a, a, a cycle that starts to feed, feed in your way in a successful way. I think one more thing we can do that's helpful is we can uh, offer a few questions that might help the listeners kind of figure out this sense of rhythm in their life. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now Johnny's already made it better. The first question <laughs> might be, what's your center? But we can change that to, what are the core practices or one or two things or three things that are just really near and dear to you that help you kind of, st you know, not be crazy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of get the crazy out kind of a thing and just m m kind of be normal. What is that for you? Second, what's your energy level? This is part of that freedom. Don't, don't do guilt and stuff. Everybody, God gave everyone different levels of energy. I'm talking about literal, physical, how your body works. Yeah. And you've got to kind of give yourself freedom to recognize uh, some people have more than others, and that's okay. Like some people can, you know, get five or six hours of sleep a night, and some guys need eight. That's okay. Another question is, what's your family system? There are, you know, loud families, quiet families, big families, small. There are families that are spread all over the country, some that all live in one town. What are the needs of your family? That's part of your rhythm as well. 
And then uh, what's your church culture? Obviously, churches are just as unique as families, only <laughs> way more complicated from your history to your theology, ministry, philosophy, personality of the key leaders. What's your culture? Because that's going to shape a little bit of how you design the rhythm that you lead in. And then last, we have to get really practical somewhere. And what's the stuff you got to do? The question is, what are your primary responsibilities? As a leader, what are you held responsible for to accomplish? You are the bottom line and accountable for what? Those five questions, When you, if you want to sit down with a nice cup of coffee or sit down with a spouse or a buddy and just say, you know, I, I got to think about this whole rhythm in life and do I have one or am I out of control or is it a mess or am I actually counterproductively putting more pressure on myself than I need to because I'm trying to live a balanced life and that's kind of impossible. I think you're on to something here, Dan. As I'm looking through this list and as you're talking through it, I'm, you know, I'm thinking I, before getting into the church world, I worked in the financial industry. I worked in banking and I worked in mortgage and balance and rhythm, rhythm was easier then. It was easier because some of these were just they were just answered for me. What are your primary responsibilities? Well, my boss told me what my primary responsibilities were. Yeah. There was deadlines well, set by my boss, you know. Uh, or or the culture the culture of the the bank, the bank. Right. It was, it was told to you. That's set at a national level, exactly. Yeah. And you're yeah. you're given the handbook. Um and then I got I had more maybe maybe it was easier to deal with my family system because there was a sense of 9 to 5 about some of my work. And as long as I stayed on top of my responsibilities at work and understood the culture at work, then I could deal with my family and have my family time. But but I think a lot of our listeners, maybe all of our listeners, are in a church setting where they have freedom, where there's not bounds around, where they're creating culture as opposed to adopting culture, right? And where they're creating responsibilities as opposed to adopting responsibilities. And that's where these questions are going to come in really, really handy, because because now pastors are going to have to look at this and be honest and say, have I been living all out of rhythm? Have I just been like scattershot with my day, with my life, with my work, trying to get everything done, crammed in, however, without being thoughtful about these questions? I know that that's, that's certainly something that I've gone through in the transition into ministry as compared to working in the financial sector. Quite brilliantly said that you got it. Once again, you guys take what I say and you make it better. So I like it. <laughs> I like it. Well, and as I'm looking at these questions, Dan, if you've got a church that has five pastors on staff, uh-huh. they're all going to answer the first four differently. You know, what's their center? What's their energy level? What's their family system like? And what's their church culture? Well, well maybe the first three, okay? The first three are going to be very different. It's very individual to the person. But then, but then you're in a church culture and you do have responsibilities. You know, what you're communicating to me here is that Given my center, my core, you know, practices, my energy level, and my family system, how shall I go about these primary responsibilities within this church culture? How do I do this? That's that's exactly it. And how do you do it in a way that you bring your best to the table? How do you do it in a way that you bring joy? How do you do it in such a way that you want more for your people than from your people? It's how do you do it in such a way where you're, you're giving more than you take. And people who are exhausted, and pastors can get exhausted. Pastors, who, when, you, when we're exhausted, we, even though it's unintentional, we take from the people. That's, that's what the body and mind and soul does when it's, when it's empty. It has to take. And even though 
many times that the leader wouldn't even be aware it's happening. But when, the, when you're on empty, you're taking. And so this process of, a, of a, a better rhythm in life keeps you filled up and going so you can actually do what you really want to do, which is give to people and make a difference in their lives. So, Dan, I know you've had to have some hard conversations with staff about this in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Are people receptive generally to this? I mean, is this something that you find people are like, yeah, I am out of whack and I'd like to find myself, you know, straightened out i mean what are the tensions in a conversation like this the number one huge tension is this conversation doesn't make the reality of their life go away they still go right back into but how do i i gotta go i gotta go be with my kids i might i gotta do all this stuff and so so the the truth telling uh, reality of this is it doesn't just make the pressure of life and the stress of life go away. That's When you get a rhythm going, that doesn't go away. What it does, I think Jeff said this, what it does is it helps you be able to handle it, sustain it, and do it in a productive and healthy way. I'm feeling deeply convicted here, Dan. <laughs> As well you should, Jonathan. Deeply convicted. Yeah, I mean, this is hard. This is hard stuff. And It know, is hard. And sure I, have is. A, I have a young family. I mean, I have two babies. <laughs> I have two babies. One is uh, nine months old and is having some health problems right now. One is five months old. Uh, you know, I got a son in kindergarten, a son in preschool. So it's easy for me to make excuses for myself, right? And mm-hmm. excuse the fact that I'm out of rhythm because look at the situation that I'm in. But as we're talking here, Dan, I'm recognizing that th- there's this is on me to fix, like you said, my life's not going to make itself better. It's not going right. to make itself yeah. less crazy. Yeah. That's not going to happen. All that's, yes, right. That stuff's not going away. Right. But you do get to work on you in such a way. You do get to c- take control of what's inside you in such a way that all that chaos that's never really going to go away, yeah. you get really good at handling it with a smile and you feel good about it and you bring that non-anxious presence into the mix. And Yeah, you got it. That's it. And I think if you're not having any kind of chaos in your life, Dan, you're probably really not trying to accomplish anything, are you? I would say that's true. And and you said this earlier. You talked about pastors, don't let this stuff get to you and don't heap this, this guilt and frustration on yourself. That's a good word. And as you were saying that, I thought, yeah, so the dean of America's executive pastors is speaking, <laughs> right? You're, you're the executive pastor. You're the admin guy, right? You're supposed to have it all together and and help everybody else have it all together. And you're saying that all of us, what we have to get together is that it's crazy. Life is crazy. And we, we're not going to get away from it, but yeah. we have to learn how to manage it and sustain ourselves through it. That's exactly what we're saying. And what we're also saying is it is doable. Not only can be done, it is done. And you're a testimony to that, Dan. You're, uh, what, 55, 56 years old. And I'm six, you, 61. Well, well, I didn't want to you know, overstate anything. <laughs> <laughs> you're 61, and you're as excited and energetic That's and forward-looking as anybody I know in ministry. So usually by 61, you get the stuffing knocked out of you in ministry, right? You can, but uh, I keep hanging around the young ones, and I I still go out out jog them. So you know what I mean? uh, Yeah, that's cool. Hey, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. And if you want to hear more from Dan Ryland, just go to 200churches.com, go to the podcast series tab, and you can click, and it's going to show you all of the episodes with Dan Ryland on the 200 Churches podcast. Dan, there is a plethora of wisdom from you right there. Man, that's very kind of you to say that. I always love 
these podcasts with you. I look forward to the next one, and I appreciate your friendship. Hey, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. That's right, Johnny. As you always say, everything you learned about balance, you learned from the metronome. That's that's the. I have a shirt that says it. I have 16 tattoos that say it. The so metronome that's my... is neither here nor there, because whenever it's here, not long before it's there. Oh, my. That's I mean, something one else. side or the other. Hey, <laughs> this was really good. I When I was editing this episode, yeah. I was learning and evaluating my life and asking those questions. Because, you know, like we always say, we're yeah. in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it. In ministry. And uh, I... I need to, and I like what he talked about, that non-anxious presence. Yes. Non-anxious presence yeah. in leadership, that, that self-differentiation in leadership. Friedman, A Failure of Nerve. Yes. Look up the book. Oh, yeah. If, if you want to read it, it's great. That's what uh, he was referring to, although he didn't uh, name the title. Anyway, it's nice to know that balance is not something we can achieve, but we can achieve survival through the life that is never balanced. You know, I like that because I feel like we can turn balance into an idol, right? And then we're always trying to make sacrifices toward that idol in some way. Whereas if we focus on what he talked about, which was the center, right, for him, prayer and exercise, if we focus on that centerpiece, then we don't have to make sacrifices to the idol of balance. Instead, we focus on those things and let the waves roll in, you know, come what may, we have our center and we can move forward with the responsibilities of our life. That's much better than, than this ever elusive balance that you never quite get, but you're always making sacrifices for. That's just not a, a great way to live. So find that center. For me, it's, it's family time that, you know, that's my center. And so that's, you know, that's good. Uh, but yours might be something else, Dan, obviously prayer and, and exercise are great. And so find your center and then stay fastened to that through those waves and and you're gonna you're gonna be all right can your center be podcasting i think your center might be pod honestly i mean i'm not even joking i think your center might be podcasting. come on family every week yeah. no but every my, my week se- you're getting this thing out yeah every, every week that's true and th- you know what that's my that could be my uh center for that, that's my ministry center yeah because it forces me that's the great thing about doing a podcast on the topic of what you actually have a career in, right. what your calling is, right. then you're always focused on your calling and what you're doing. It's not like we're doing a podcast about left-handed bowlers. No, that would be very confusing for us. <laughs> I mean, some of our listeners would remember Earl the Pearl Anthony. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, but only, I think, two of you remember That's Earl Anthony. That's the most Jeff Cady thing ever. Yeah, the great bowler, the great left-handed bowler. Speaking of Earl the Pearl... We've got a whole bunch of new listeners. <laughs> we do. How was that for a rough what transition? What a segue. What a segue. <laughs> One of them is named Earl the Pearl, I think. Shout out Earl no, the Pearl. No, no we've got a, named Earl the Pearl. We've got a lot of new listeners. Yeah. And, hey, I just had fun. It's very cool. And I don't know if these guys are listening or not, but there were two guys uh, that just uh, subscribed to 200 Churches recently. Okay. yeah. And I saw them, and I decided to send them a little email. Yeah. I sent them an email. Have I gotten a reply yet? No. No reply yet. Come on, you guys. I said, hey, this is not an automated email. This is not an automated email. This is really me just emailing to say hi. We're so big time that it's hard for people to believe. Yeah, that's that's right. It's hard for them... (laughs) 
to believe that it's that they're not responding to a machine. That's right. But you know what? I do find though that when I send out an email, it usually takes two to three days. Pastors are busy before I get a reply. Pass, and you probably send it on a Friday because you're a beast like that. I sent it out. I think last night, so it would have been Friday night. Oh come on, that's terrible. All right, here we go. Shoutouts, cool. Yeah, yep. Matt Adair. Matt Adair. Matt Adair. You're the man. I think uh, Matador, I mean Matador, is going to end up being on our podcast at some point. Ooh, that sounds good. I think so. I just have a feeling. You got a feeling? I do. Is it more than a feeling? No, I, 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 I can't stop this feeling. Oh, I like that. Deep inside of me. <laughs> okay. I better stop now because I really don't remember the rest of the words and they may not be appropriate. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Who else uh, we got on the list? Stafford Greer. Stafford Greer. You love that name. Stafford, uh, have a kid and name him the same name, and he will be a Supreme Court justice I like that. someday. I, I said some people have two first names, Johnny Craig. Some yeah. people have two last names, Stafford Greer. Absolutely. That's, that's a great name. Uh, Jesse Colburn. Jesse. Man, Jesse's got six shooters on either hip. I was going to say, it sounds like an old-timey Western He's guy. sauntering down Central Ave. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Nathan Hurlbert, I think that's Nathan from L.A. I you think it is. Earlier. I think yeah. it is, yeah. We then, had, hey, Nathan and I had a great conversation. You should bring him here. You probably you need a new associate soon, I think. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> obviously, Scott Dalen. We always love hearing from Scott Dalen, friend of the show. Scott Dalen is a friend of the show. Friend of the show. Scott is the uh, pastor of a Lutheran church about two hours south of us. Yeah, we love we, we even love Lutherans around here. And then... <laughs> Johnny's dad goes to a Lutheran yes, church. Yes, he does. Just I should have joked. Yeah, just we're good. case. And then uh, James B. You only have him here as James B. Um, Buchanan? I think everybody named James B. thinks we're talking about them. Jeff, you sent us an email, James B., and Jeff refuses to let me try to pronounce your name on the podcast. Well, now that it's after midnight, I, I durst not You'd... try to pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, James B. So thank you for the email. He has he has an Orange City connection, if I'm remembering the email correctly. So thank you for that. Uh, very cool always to hear from, hear from our listeners. And you know what? I want to give a special shout-out, Jeff. A special shout-out to someone who I know listens to our podcast every Wednesday morning when it comes out. Yes. Doug Katie. Doug. Doug. Doug? My son, Doug. Dougie Fresh. He is in Des Moines, high atop the Wells Fargo building. <laughs> and uh, yes, he does. He he's listens, working hard. He listens to the podcast while he's processing your mortgage loans. They found that he makes more errors during the 7 to 8 o'clock <laughs> time frame on Wednesday mornings than any other time during his oh, job, which is amazing. Oh, man, Doug. Doug. Yeah. Well, you know what? Doug, th- here's how Doug works it. He listens to me on the podcast that way he doesn't miss me, and he never has to Aww. call me the rest of the week. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Doug. Thanks a oh, lot. Oh, that's terrible. I love you too, son. That's terrible. <laughs> well, we, uh, like I said before, we're super excited. We only have two episodes left until the golden episode. I'm going to keep on talking about this because I'm like out of my mind about our guest. And that's I'm leaving it. I'm leaving the podcast with that today because I'm excited. You should be excited. Get ready to share. Get your share fingers ready on that one because i'm serious jeff it's a great guest it's a great guest yes this person is a great guest don't be that way no it is a great it's guest. a great guest i'm saying yeah, yeah anyways that's what we have we know that dan was encouraging uh to us and we we believe that he was probably encouraging to you too hey find your center don't worry about that balance myth anymore just uh just take the waves of life as they come and uh we'll see you next week right here with a fresh new episode 
of the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church. Okay, Dan. Here we go. We're living you the got, dream. You got jobs there at 12 Stone right now, Dan? I know a guy just turned 30. Beautiful family. Uh, is, just a high-capacity leader. Leads this podcast for small churches, but is really he's ready to go. He's ready to move on to the next thing. Tell him about your two-year internship. No, I can't a, afford a fellowship at this point. Tell him all the work that's involved. That'll I got four kids, man. I gotta, I gotta feed my family. Oh, you guys are cracked me up. Okay, All right. we're ready for the next okay. one. All right. I hope this one isn't also... Oh, it's Balanced Life. Yeah, I'm going to need therapy when we're done today, Dan. All right, <laughs> let's jump into it. We're going to have to. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jenny, you kick this one. Okay. Dan, welcome back. Thanks uh, thanks for hanging out with us again on the podcast. Thanks, Johnny. And uh, always... Yeah, I appreciate you guys, too. Well, enjoy your evening and... I look. I really do look forward to when we can do this again. Say thank you to Leslie for me. All right, I will do. Okay, take care. Thanks. Bye bye.